Thank you for joining God us good. for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in All Lynchburg, time, Virginia. Here's Pastor good. Willie okay. Taylor. Even when things don't go your way, is he still good? He's still good. That's right. Okay. Uh, today, we are doing part three of our series in Peter's second letter to the church. And as I was praying about this particular message, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go four verses further, but I wanted to go back and cover it in a different way because I think it's very important. Okay, let's um, start off uh, because we left off in verse 11, and we'll start off in verse 12. Second uh, Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 12. Probably helpful if I had my Bible. Uh, now, Remember that he's already told us that we've been given everything that has to do with life and godliness. Remember we already said that he's given us magnificent and precious promises that by partakers of those we might be partakers of his divine nature, sharers in his divine nature. Okay, well, verse 12 uh, of Second Peter picks it up. A little bit different. It says, therefore. And the therefore is because of what he's saying. You remember, uh, it just went over that we need to supply with our faith, supply with diligence, more excellence. It said that. And to more excellence, we need to apply, you know, all the other things that was very important to him, like knowledge. And then to knowledge. Uh, Self-control, self-control, uh, perseverance, and uh, brotherly uh, kindness and love, uh, godliness. These things we need to supply, we need to keep going so that we will never fall, we'll never fail. Then it says in verse 12, Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things. Now, when Peter is writing this letter, I'm wondering, why is he saying what he is saying? Why is Peter saying what he is saying? Because we know that all Scripture is God-breathed. Is that correct? That's the Scripture. All Scripture is God-breathed. So we know that the Holy Spirit led uh, Peter to say what he was saying, but also he used Peter, also his personality and, and, and uh, what he's gone through. He used him too. So what makes what Peter says uh, in the first 12, 11 verses so important that he says, therefore, I will always, he didn't say sometimes, I will always be ready to remind you of these things. When you remind somebody of something, that means that you've already told them. Is that correct? You've already told them, but you want to remind them. That's what you want to do. I want to remind you of what I've already said. Why would he want to remind somebody of what he said? And listen to what it says. Even though you already know them and have been established in the truth, 
which is present with you. So Peter is telling the people in the church what he thinks is very important. One is because he believes that they need to be reminded. That's what he, they need to be reminded. What he was saying is very important, so they need to be reminded. Also, we know that Scripture is God-breathed. So we know the Holy Spirit had a hand in this writing. And so now we have something that's said that puzzles me sometimes. If they have already been told this, they already know this, they already have been established in this, in the truth, it's already present with them, why keep reminding me? Why keep reminding me? I'm established in it. You don't need to keep reminding me of something I'm established in. Is that true? You see, Peter doesn't think so. So to the church at Cornerstone, uh, which is part of the Church of Lynchburg, which is a part of the church in Virginia, which is part of the church in the United States, which is part of the Universal Church, then it says that we have been taught certain things, we've been established in certain things, but don't think that you're not going to be told some of these things over and over again to remind you. And I think sometimes in Christianity, we think that, hey, I already know that. Give me something new, something I haven't heard. I already heard that. Don't you have something new? I've had this teaching for years and years. You know, so don't, don't keep teaching the same thing. Well, that's not what Peter says here or to the church. They've been established in something. He says that you need to be reminded of this thing. Even though you've established, even though you've established in the truth, and even though it's present with you, I'm still going to remind you. So I said, okay, I can be reminded also. See, the Bible is not to be read like literature. It's not one of these nice little novels that we read. This is the Holy Bible that's God's word, God breathed, and I'm telling you that you can read this every single day, twice a day, and go to Bible study. You can study it yourself and still learn something different every day. Because the Holy Spirit reveals it. And, and we know that God is infinite. So even though we say we have the mind of Christ, we don't have, we, we don't, we're not omniscient, are we? We don't know everything. So therefore, we can be reminded. So that's a couple of things why Peter is writing. The, the scripture is, is God-breathed. It's God-breathed. This is what God is, is reminding that the Holy Spirit to bring to you. But, but I need to remind you of this personally, because I think this is very important, Peter said. Even though you're establishing it. Okay, it's verse 12. Now, verse 13, he gives another reason. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder. Oh. Stir you up. We need to be stirred up, don't we? We need to be stirred up 
Because uh, what happens when you stir something up? How many of you know that uh, if you go to a breakfast, uh, like say Golden Corral, you go to breakfast, and they have grits. How many of you know what grits are? Okay, a few of you from the South. Okay, you know what grits are. How many of you know that they send somebody around every now and then to pull the water in and stir it up to keep it, you know, fresh and keep it everything because it'll get kind of stale on the top and stuff like that. And and those who work in 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 the food ministry know you had to stir things up. Uh, I know that my daughter tells me that about Kroger is that when they have this hot bar, you had to go around and stir things up in this in this hot bar. Otherwise, things are going to look like they've been sitting there a long time. So you got to stir it up. Okay. Well, he says that I need to stir you up by way of reminder in these things. Not only am I going to remind you, I'm going to stir you up so it'll be fresh. You know. So you mean you you you'll, you'll even look good to the outsiders. It won't be just stale looking. It'll be fresh. Now then it says in verse 14, another one, another reason why he's writing. Knowing that the land aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent. As also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. So in other words, the bottom line is that Peter is about ready to what? Die. God already told him, Peter, you don't have long now. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you on home. Now, if you knew that God was going to take you home pretty soon, you would want to remind your loved ones of very important things. You want to stir them up so it be fresh in their remembrance. But you also want to tell them things that's very, very, very instrumental in what has brought you to the place of where you are now. And Peter has been through a lot. He's been through walking on water. Peter's been through uh, sinking in the water when he was walking on water. He's been through denying the Lord Jesus Christ. He's been through a lot of things that God has brought him through, so he has a lot to say. And he says this thing in this second letter because I am about ready to die. God has already made this clear to me, so I'm going to tell you these things. Now, if they're important to Peter, they should be important to us, shouldn't they? Yeah. Verse 15. And I also, I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, see, he knows he's going to die, but after my departure, after he dies, he said, you will be able to call these things to mind. They're not going to be, because see, I stirred them up. I remind you, I stirred it up so it'll be fresh. I told you that I'm about ready to expire. But I'm going to make sure that you can recall this at any time. At any time. You can wake up in the middle of the night and, and you can be able to recall what I've stirred up in you, what I've reminded you of, and what I've taught you in my last epistle while I was living. I said, ooh, this is important then. This is important. So as I was praying, I said, well, God, what he's already said is pretty tough. It's pretty important. 
And I said, well, how can I cover that again without covenant, covering it again? In other words, uh, the congregation doesn't want to be reminded of it again because I just remind them of it. If I say, hey, I'm going to do what Peter did. I reminded you last time, but now I'm going to stir you up. He said, man, I could have I listened to the tape and got stirred up. I didn't have to waste my time getting dressed coming here. You know? So I, I need to do it in a fresh way, don't I? So I said, okay, how can I do this, Lord? Because I know that the congregation never wants to fall. Peter doesn't want them to fall. The Holy Spirit doesn't want them to fall. And, 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 and he's already told us how not to fall. He's already told us that in the last message. Okay, then he says that, oh, you've been given everything that has to do with life and godliness. Everything. But it's through the knowledge, the true knowledge of him who has called you. By his glory. And excellence. Okay. And plus he's giving you precious and magnificent promises so that through these you'll be partakers of his divine nature. So with these things, I said, God, I want to make sure that they know this. I'm not about ready to expire, but Peter is. And if he is ready to expire, he's telling us this. I don't need to skip over this just like it's nothing. I need to make sure the congregation has this part, this first part of this chapter 1. Because when we get into chapter 2, it's going to be talking about false teachers. And I think the first part, the first chapter is a little bit is it, I mean, it's very, 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 very important. Not that false teachers are not very important, but to you, uh, chapter 1 is, and to me, God has shown me is more important than what I'm going to be going over in chapter 2 because you don't have to worry about false teachers and false prophets because we have some people who know the Word of God. We have people who, who know the truth. We know people who are not going to be fooled by anybody who says they are a prophet or somebody who says uh, this is a new teaching. Uh-uh, we're, we're Berean Christians. We search the scripture daily to see what those things be so. You're not going to fool anybody in this congregation. Is that correct? You're not going to fool anybody here. We have watchmen on the wall, prayers, prayer people, as well as elders who are standing watching over you. That's what... Uh, elders do, they see over, uh, and to see, make sure nothing comes in this congregation. Nothing's going to come in here that's going to be tell some new doctrine. Nothing's coming in here. And somebody come in a new doctrine, say, hey, you know what? Uh, if you don't add to your faith, you don't add to it more excellence, and more excellence, you don't add self-control and, and perseverance, and if you don't add these things, then you're not saved. Because it says that it says that makes sure of his calling and choosing you by doing these things. What? That's a that, that that's a new doctrine. You don't you don't have to do that to be saved. Is that correct? You are saved by the grace of God. That's how you say, not according to works. That's in a man should boast. You see, I told you, nobody's going to come in here and fool y'all because y'all knew the answer. You're just afraid to say anything because you say, I don't want to say nothing because I might be wrong, you know. No. You know the Word of God. Nobody come in here with some strange doctrine, you know. Like somebody told me one time, I said, well, hey, I, I believe that uh, Jesus has already come again. He's come the second time already. Oh, he has. Whoa. Why are you still here? 
Right? They came back for the church. Why are you still here? Because Moses left you. Yeah. I mean, people come with some strange stuff. Strange stuff. So I tell them, hey, don't you, don't you tell nobody in our congregation like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. There's no such thing as, as God. Is, Jesus Christ is not God. He's not told. He's Jesus, the Son of God, but he's not God. What? Where do you get that strange doctrine from? That's not what the Word says. So, I'm telling you, we're going to go over it, though, now. We're going to go over it because you still need to know the truth, don't you? Because this is part of his teaching. So, today, I'm going to cover it from a little bit different day, different way. I'm not going to go over the same thing went over this. Last time, I'm going to go over it with some testimonies. Uh, I'm going to call up two people. And, uh, and Minerva, would you come up first? Uh, we, she's going to cover a portion that said, you remember I told you, he's given us precious and magnificent promises so that by... Uh, by these, we can be partakers of his divine nature and see some people uh, don't know how to actually put that into use. What do you mean, put this into use? So this is a, a microphone. Okay, so <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta, can't hold it down here now. You got to do it like this. Right. do it like that. Yeah, so you drop it all you're going to answer some questions? Yes, I asked some questions. Okay. 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 <laughs> uh, you, you can sit down if you want to. Okay, now, Minerva, uh, he's given us, that's something I taught last week, he's given us magnificent and precious promises that by these, these precious promises, we can be partakers of his divine nature. And how do you put this into operation uh, as far as his promises are concerned. Because I told people that one source said there's over 35,000 promises in the Bible. So how do you uh, put these to use so you can be partakers of his divine nature? And specifically, I'm asking you, part of his divine nature is this. God, in Romans chapter 4, verse 16, says that he calls those things that be not as though they were. Now, that's God. Okay. Now, that's part of the nature of God. He, he just, everything that exists is existing because he spoke it into existence. It's not existing because of, it was already in existence. No, nothing was in existence. And he spoke it into existence. Everything that exists. So, uh, I want to be able to speak... You remember it said in, in, uh, in, in Mark chapter 11, it says that if you say to this mountain, be taken up and be cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things that you say you shall receive, you will have it. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have already received it and it shall be given to you. So that, that, that's part of, to me, that's part of me saying that uh, we, can, we can call those things that be not as though they were. We can do that because that's part of his nature. He's given us promises like that. Okay, so now, I've asked you the question. I've, yeah. <laughs> well, Somebody well, says, what's the question? I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> 
Well, some of the um, ways that I have applied God's word to my life is um, through, first of all, I had to know the word. I had to take time to to, um, read it, to meditate on it, to memorize it. So certain scriptures that I felt that that the Lord has uh, led me to learn had to do, one of them was concerning fear. And I know pastor has taught on fear uh, a few weeks ago or so, and uh, and I know that was one of the areas that um, uh, I had uh, ne- needed a lot of uh, help in getting rid of that uh, because of uh, just my um, upbringing and, and uh, experiencing the experiences that I've gone through. And so I've had to take the word of God concerning fear and to stand on those words and actually apply them to my life. And I still do it every day, basically, is uh, take scriptures that that um, have helped me to be able to overcome fear of many things. Because in, um, as growing up, I've had fear of people, fear of dying, fear of uh, situations, fear concerning my children, just a lot of things that, that uh, the enemy has tried to use to an impact and com- compact fear in your life. And sometimes we don't realize how, um, how much uh, that has, uh, has, has affected you or can affect you uh, unless you have, have um, certain things to come up and you respond a certain way to situations. And so uh, I've had to use the, the word of God and knowing and believing what he said, that he could, that uh, through, through him I can do all things, that I can overcome situations, I can overcome fear, I can work, you know, be uh, what he's created me to be and not, uh, and, and really be able to accept uh, the fact that that you know what he has what he has purposed to do in my life that he could do it if I would cooperate with him. So I decided I needed to cooperate with God if I was going to uh, be able to to uh, to step over fear and to to uh, do things that he's that he wanted me to do, and to be able to just walk in the peace that he's called me to walk in. Because if you're fearing. Uh, situations, you're fearing death, you're fearing all these things, then you're not going to be, you're not going to take the steps of faith that God wants you to take. So um, so I had to spend a lot of time, and I still do, spend time confessing God's word and uh, and claiming his promises. And I claim promises over myself, over my husband, over my children, over, you know, anything that concerns life. And, and the things that has to do with, with, with life in this earth, then I've had to, to stand in faith on those words. And, and, I real, and I know that if it's so much fear in the world that if we don't take the time to, to, uh, to confess God's word and to hear God's word, because faith comes by hearing. And if you don't take the time to hear his word, the fear can erode the faith that you do have. And so you have to push push through all of the darkness that Satan is trying to, to uh, bring against you and uh, trying to keep you uh, consumed in. So, so if you don't do the things that God tells you to do, 
then it's going to be eventually your faith is going to be to a point where you're not able to function except through maybe your giftings and things like that. But that's not always what, uh, uh, you know, we can sometimes we can operate in our gifts easily. Uh, and But in other situations, it's kind of hard because we haven't uh, conquered those things in our lives. So the area of fear is where I've had to really press into God and, and um and allow him, allow his word to be true in my life. And uh, so I, you know, I just feel like he's, he's really working and has worked in me to bring to a point where I'm not afraid to, to necessarily get up in front of people and talk and say things that I feel like he's placed on my heart to do. And when situations come up, I, I try to make sure that I have the word there to cover those areas um, one was when Brandy went on the trip. Uh, she got sick. Well, I had to stand in faith on words that that uh, that no weapon formed against her will prosper. And I had to have those words in my heart that God, you know, in, in Jude where it talks about he's that he applies his mercy and grace and peace are multiplied to her. And I have to have those words where that he that I know that uh, and and. A lot of other scriptures I use, but uh, some words that, that I know that I can stand in faith on, knowing that he is true to his word. And God says his word is pure, and if you trust in him, he's a shield round about them that love him. And so, so I trust in God, and I know that he's a shield round about my children if I believe it. So, so I have to, uh, you know, stand in faith and know how to, uh, you know, believe those things and trust God. And, and I do it, I do this daily. I don't, I don't neglect God's word because I know what his word has brought me through and what his word's going to carry me through because, because uh, we're in a dark world and we're, we're, we, we are called to press through this darkness. We're not called to accept it. We're called to take authority over it or either press through it, one or the other. We have to, we, we have to be strong. And if we can't do that, if we're not strong in, in his word and in his spirit. You know, um, so that's, um, you know, one situation. <laughs> the situation the other day I was eating. And for the strangest reason, this has never happened to me. My jaw just went out of uh, the joint just went out of uh, place or whatever. I don't know what in the world happened. Then I sat down to eat, and I couldn't eat. I could not close my could not. I attempted to eat, and um, so I ate a piece of beef. I think I ate it almost whole. I think I swallowed most of it whole. It wasn't because I couldn't chew. I could not chew, and uh, so I just said, "Well, God." Uh, you know, and, and of course, I, he, I remember God saying, what, use whatever what you have. So I said, well, I have your word, so I'll stand on your word that I'm healed. And uh, then I had my husband there, and I said, I'll use him. So I asked him to pray for me. And um, and I thought about a couple of other things. And then the next morning, I got up, and I said, well, let me, you know, sometimes you just, God just leads you to do things. So I said, just let me uh, lift my chin and see if this jaw would come back in the order and when I lifted my chin it just came back in the order but it, it, it but I didn't fear 
I didn't let I let didn't let fear come on me. I said, Oh my gosh, I'm I'm you know, I can't eat, you know, and I just said, With the stripes I'm healed. And I believed that he would lead me to do what I needed to do to come out of this situation. So I so I'm learning to stand and, and not let fear because I could have got let fear come in, but God has told me that fear he says it all the time, the fear not. You know, he said that to Abraham, he said it to, to, to Joshua, he said to so many, you know, all through the scripture, he says, fear not. And he's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so we have to believe that, and we have to stand in faith on what he has promised and, and believe that that word is true, no matter what situations come, because only the only thing I've learned from God, that when I fear all it does is give place to the enemy. I open up the door to the enemy. And that's what has happened to me from my childhood up until my adulthood. It's just the, the, the doors had been opened up for fear. Just different situations that have allowed fear to get so deep inside of me that I couldn't function normally because of, you know, uh, because of that fear. And so I had to use the word of God to drive that fear to... to uh, uh, that fear for him to really try that fear I take that fear out of my my soul so that I could function as a normal human being without uh fearing situations and and uh, and and learning to trust him trust him in what he's promised and what he said so um that's you know one of the things that I do and try to do is to build my faith and to not allow fear. To, uh, to have place in my life. Okay, Let's give her a hand. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Can I have uh, Linda Yanaza come up, please? What was the question? <laughs> uh, uh, another question is uh, basically God's given us everything that has to do with life and godliness through the knowledge of Him, and that knowledge is not just a uh, you know head knowledge. That's an intimate relationship. That's an experiential relationship, and some people they don't go far enough in that relationship to be uh, to receive all of what God has for them and for us because if he's given us everything that has to do with life and godliness then we have it all but now if he says through the knowledge of him that means that's the only way you're going to receive it okay and also I know that you you have thoughts and we have thoughts that come and in 2 Corinthians uh, it tells us that uh, weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling out of strongholds and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought <coughs> captive to the obedience of Christ. Okay, so I know thoughts and inner relationships is something that uh, has led you because I asked you a question. I said, Linda, what has really changed you 
because you told me that, that you're not the same lady that came to Cornerstone, uh, was it three years ago or about three and a half years ago, you're not the same lady. And, and so uh, if you were, probably Jim would be on a stretcher by now. But, see, <laughs> but you're a different sorry, lady. You're, you're a different lady. So what made that difference? Because people need to know what changes people. It does us no good, people, no good if we are the same today as we were three and a half years ago, four years ago, five years ago. The same thing that bothers us then are still bothering us because we haven't overcome anything. And God says we're supposed to be overcomers. If he's given us everything that do with life in God, that means we've overcome it. So how did you do that in some of your weak areas? Well, you just made me change my whole way. <laughs> um, I, I do have to say that I, having come here, I've really, truly been blessed, not only by the teaching, but by the examples that have been set before me. Um, I give credit to leadership because I told Pastor Minerva, I mean, they know how to walk in love in a way that is accepting, not of sin, but of us all in our shortcomings. And I had finally gotten to the point where I'm a fighter. I've had to be a fighter all my life. I've had to stick up for myself. I've had to speak up for myself. I've had to come against, kicking against the pricks, swimming upstream and whatnot. So I I didn't have any trouble with that at all. I could stand up for myself. But recently... I got to the point where I said, God, I'm tired. Tired. I just don't have any fight left in me. And that was where God was waiting for me to be. You know, you're in a relationship and you think you're going to be the one to change that other person by telling them you need to do this or you need to do that or you know that's not right, whatever. You know, we think we're going to change that other person. And the Lord has just shown me, probably within the last, I mean, very recently, really, again, that as I learn to bear fruit unto the kingdom, that we're called to bear fruit to prove that we are disciples. And I guess I wasn't being very disciple-like because I was trying to do things in my power, in my way, the way that I thought was right, according to what I knew was God's word. So finally I just said, you know what, Lord, I'm done. I'm just done. And basically I just kind of gave up, you know, trying to change somebody else. If somebody said something to me and it hurt me or whatever, I have my own history, okay? It's not that the person necessarily did wrong to me, but I was choosing to believe a lie. And so finally, as I was reading the word last week, the scriptures that you shared in John 15 about how we are to be bearing fruit to prove that we're a disciple so that God can answer our every prayer. And I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of time praying, not only for myself, but for other people, for circumstances, for whatever God lays on my heart. And I find that there are 
Not many prayers that God doesn't answer. And if he's not answering them, it's because maybe I need a little adjustment. Okay? And so when we learn to humble ourselves before the Lord and before each other, you know, we all have stuff. But you guys, you're not my enemy. I'm not your enemy. Satan is our enemy. And he's always looking to destroy. So I've learned that I can take control of my life by doing what God says to do. And by doing so, immediately I get peace because I know I'm pleasing my Heavenly Father. When I please him, I don't have to worry about anything else. I don't have to try to change so-and-so. You know, God will take care of so-and-so while he's taking care of me. Okay? And so... I thought this morning about um, three years ago, I bought a fig tree. And the first year, I got like six fruit off of it. And I thought, wow, praise God, right? And so the last two years, nothing. No fruit at all. So this year, I see leaves coming up. And I said to Jim, if that fig tree doesn't produce fruit this year, it's getting chopped down. Okay? Scriptural, right? going to chop that thing down so I go out there about three weeks ago and I see about six little figs and I thought oh good right maybe I don't have to chop it down so I go out there last week and it's loaded with all this fruit and I thought that's what God has done with us he has taken us from the heavenly places put us down here so that we might bear fruit. And the whole idea of bearing fruit is to, number one, give glory to God for what he created, whether it's a fig tree or whether it's us. He wants to be glorified in that. And the fruit is for other people. That fruit isn't for the fig tree. It's for us. So when we bear fruit, it's not necessarily just for us. Although, when we do bear fruit, God will bless you immediately. When you are obedient to do what he asks you to do, immediately he'll give you peace. Because you're done. You know you've done what he's called you to do, so now he can bless you. So I've just learned from example from the teaching of the word, from your fruit. God has really done a major work in me, healing me so that I can turn around and love on other people. I didn't have it to give before. Okay? I just didn't have it because it wasn't put into me. Okay? So having been here for three years, it's been a process, but God has done more in me in three years and he's done all my life. So I can't thank him enough, you know, and I'm not, you know, trying to embarrass anybody or anything, but that's just the truth. So we're here to bear fruit. And I just say, let's eat from each other because you all have something different to give and we all need a steady, good diet, right? (laughs) So that's what I've learned to put into practice. So thank you. Okay, let's give them the hand. God, praise God. Well, we have.
covered um, the stirring up and reviewing and reminding you of what you already knew. Uh, and we covered in a different way. And I'm so thankful for the testimonies because if you don't know what somebody goes through, uh, you, don't, you don't know uh, them really well anyway. And you can see somebody and you can say, well, you know, uh, so do you know that person? No, not really. I think I know them. I mean, I, I see them every, every Sunday. But when you know what somebody's going through, you say, okay, I, I like that. And also you can draw from that because whatever God has done in Minerva, you can draw from Whatever's done in Linda, you can draw from it because we're all going through something. There's none of us that's not going through anything. And if you're not going through anything, just wait till next week. You'll be going through some things because of this way, that's the way life is. Now, uh, next week, it'll be a message that stands on its own because it'll be a Father's Day message. And I want to encourage the fathers. And Sam has already reminded me, you don't, rec- you, you don't, you don't ever encourage us. You encourage the women, but you're hard on us. Well, the men, we have a lot of men in this, this congregation, and I noticed some Men's going to be over to the Jefferson house because we are feeding and we're ministering to the Jefferson house. And so they won't be here, but everybody else will be. And we're going to have a good old uh, pancake eating time. So let's stand and um, be dismissed. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.